0: Hi, friends. Just a brief little addendum to this episode you are about to hear. I am outside, so you will probably hear some birds going. Um, I've made a decision to change the direction of the podcast, um, both of my podcasts. So joke's on me coming up with Creatures of Change because, I mean, really where that came from is many of us, arguably all of us because we are all constantly having to adapt to change, but some of us also really love change and that is me. So I thought it would be fun to do a podcast on that, but turns out it was only intended to be for one brief little season. And now I am shifting my online focus to an exciting new development, um, called bad bitch therapist. So, Soon, we will be relaunching in this podcast feed, Bad Bitch Therapist Podcast, in early 2023, but I didn't want these Creatures of Change conversations or the Past Body Full conversations to get lost and go away forever, so I'm just leaving them here in this feed labeled as the podcast they are, so you can continue to find those, enjoy those, share them, and meanwhile watch for brand new episodes coming in early 2023 of bad bitch therapist podcast thanks guys you're listening to bodyful a podcast that explores the wonder and complexities of living in this human form and how we can engage in an ongoing practice of bodyfulness to become more fully at home in ourselves and in the interconnected web of Gaia, the living earth. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and I'm the founder of the Gaia Center for Embodied Healing, where we support folks in their growth and healing work with somatic psychotherapy and embodiment practices. We hear all the time about the importance of being mindful And it's time to invite our bodies to the party. Welcome to Bodyful. Hello, friends. This is a bittersweet moment because I am here welcoming you to the last episode of Bodyful number 25. And at the time that I recorded the interview with Daisy, it was in early December and I didn't even have the idea yet that I was gonna transition to something else. So she'll be finding out when I send her this episode as it goes live. And I hope, Daisy, that when you listen to this, that you still feel very proud of this conversation because I am so glad to be closing out Bodyful on this note. You are all in for a treat with Daisy Gillespie as our last guest. She is a personal stylist. I'll tell you more about her in a moment, but also just a bit more since I have an update since I recorded that first addendum that you heard at the very beginning of the episode. I have a date for the launch of Bad Bitch Therapist podcast. It will be the 24th with the trailer coming on the 20th of January 2023, so coming very soon if you're listening to this shortly after it airs and i am jazzed i already have the first three episodes recorded and can't wait for you to hear them so meanwhile let me introduce you to our final bodyful guest daisy gillespie intuitively guides her clients to discover what they feel best in she helps them let go of the external messages they've been given about what they should wear and get to the heart of what's making them uncomfortable about their clothes Through their work building a functional wardrobe, Daisy's clients make a mindset shift from thinking that they need to wear what's flattering to unapologetically taking up space in the world. After a lifetime of jobs and high-stress careers that didn't suit her highly sensitive introverted personality, Daisy started Mindful Closet in 2013 in an attempt to create a more emotionally sustainable lifestyle. She has two boys ages four and eight and a husband she adores. To learn more or contact Daisy, visit her website at mindfulcloset.com or connect with her on Instagram at mindfulcloset. All right, guys, enjoy this final bodyful conversation with Daisy Gillespie. Stacey, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited for this conversation.
1: Me too. I've been looking forward to it, so thank you.
0: And I know you're not feeling your best today. It is <laughs> that time of year, so just all the grace to
1: you. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> and I noticed on your website that you are in St. Louis. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I... you're in Nashville, so we're we're not too far.
0: Yeah, and actually my mom just moved this summer. Our family's been in Texas for generations. Yeah, um, But she moved to Alton, Illinois, just across the oh, wow! from you. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So we've been once, and we'll definitely get back every yeah. few months. So hopefully I'll yeah. get to meet you in person. Yeah, that would be lovely. Well, before we jump in, let's center and drop in together. So anyone listening, if you're in a place where you can and want to, you can let your eyes fall closed or soften your gaze. Just take a few moments to settle. Feeling the surface supporting you. Noticing the natural rhythm of your breath. And just allowing space and permission for whatever is present with you today. If anything is rising to the surface, thoughts, emotions, physical sensations, just taking note without judgment. And just one more final breath. Coming back. And Daisy, I always love to just hear a little bit about what you noticed.
1: I noticed a little bit of anxiety in my stomach. So that's normal. And I'm used to dealing with it and used to noticing it and being with it. What else did I notice? Oh, I noticed my shoulders were a little high. So I relaxed those. Yeah, that was most of it. Thank you. It's
0: Always just so interesting because there's those things that the moment we notice it, we can go, Oh, wait, I have a choice here. I don't have mm-hmm. to be, you know, holding my breath or holding. My... And then there's the other things that's kind of like, Well, I'll just let this anxiety be
1: here. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure.
0: So I thought we could start off by, I was just so inspired as I was going through your website, which is just a wealth of resources, wonderful blog posts, so much good information for people to dig into. But I wanted to start with just reading this piece here. And obviously, in what people hear in the intro, that you're a stylist, a minimalist. And at first glance, people might wonder like, hmm, what does style have to do with bodyfulness and the way you approach it? Really everything. So on your website, you write, It's not about the clothes. It's about showing up in the world the way you want to show up. It's more important than ever to acknowledge the ways white supremacy and the patriarchy have created unreasonable standards for how we are expected to present ourselves, compare ourselves to each other, and achieve perfection. The result is spending energy on things that make us feel bad about ourselves instead of realizing that getting dressed can be something that's simple and leaves our energy for more important things. No matter your size or shape, you deserve and can have clothes that fit, make you feel good and express your unique voice. I provide style help to women who've always felt uncomfortable in their clothes and who want to uncover their authentic style. We process and release the societal constructs we've been operating under through online personal styling services. And I use principles of intuitive eating and health at every size. I just, there's so much there that I love. So (laughs) we'll just spend a few minutes unpacking some of that. Yeah, sure. Um, What made you realize that you wanted to work with style in the first place?
1: Well, that's easy. I've just always loved clothes and style. I mean, I was a little kid who I just, I was always aware of what people were wearing. I was always, to be honest, always felt a little inferior because my family didn't have as much money as maybe some of the kids at my school. And so noticing what they had and what I didn't have. And then as I got older, like middle school and high school, I just got really interested in fashion and reading about it. And Yeah, my parents are very idealistic people, and they felt that fashion was a little bit of a superficial area of life. And so I probably would have gone into something in that field if they hadn't felt that way. But I, you know, again, wanted to live up to their expectations and go into something that was more aligned with their values. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interesting, because when you talk about these societal constructs that we are sort of un- undoing and deconditioning ourselves, it works on both sides of the spectrum, right? Like there's the aspect of style and fashion that, I mean, you could use the term superficial or you could use the term of like, it's um, objectifying or it expects all like one definition of beauty, right? So there's that far extreme. And then there's the other extreme of any of that is a waste of time and energy and shallow and all of Mm -hmm. that. So it sounds like you were able to eventually put together your values and way of being in the world with your love of fashion. And and it's just I feel like such a rare thing. I don't know if you see that a lot just in the fashion and style world. Like, are there a lot of other people who are approaching it from this sort of lens or is this still fairly uncommon?
1: I think it's fairly uncommon. There are a few of us, but to be honest, most of the professional organizations that I'm in are really resistant when someone, namely me, might mention that some of their deliverables or some of their things that they're sharing with clients might be anti fat or fat phobic. I mean, I think, you know, like all things, I think we're kind of the younger generations are a lot more progressive on some of these things. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's still really a lot about rules and what's flattering, and what will make you, to be honest, look the thinnest.
0: Yeah, right. That is so much. I mean, when we think of all the headlines on every sort of traditional magazine cover, that's what we're aiming for with fashion, isn't it? Why wouldn't it be? So it really is a radical reclamation of owning where our bodies want to be rather than trying to change them. And then how can we express ourselves through fashion in a way that helps us feel more at home in our bodies instead of like, well, I'm conforming better to what I'm supposed to look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that radical reclamation. And I almost feel like even just maybe reframing it, and I've used the word in our conversation. So maybe even like instead of fashion, I often do think of fashion as like the industry, like Mm. the consumerist industry that's wanting us to conform and wanting us to buy more and more and more. And I think that All of us have our own style and we have things that we are drawn to and things that we like. And for most of us, we've been given messages about whether those things are okay or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that's interesting, another angle of this is like so you take a kind of a minimalist approach. And of course, that means different things to different people. For one person, a capsule wardrobe might be. 20 items and for another it might be 60 or something Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about capsule wardrobes in a minute but even that is an element where i feel like judgment and shoulds can creep in but it's tricky because again like where do our values conflict like with fast fashion for instance Mm -hmm. like there's i don't want to judge myself or others if we sometimes partake in that and yet it's true that that industry is harmful in a lot of ways, right? So it's tricky.
1: Yeah, it's really tricky. And I I Mm -hmm. do end up discussing these kind of issues a lot with clients and people that I talk to on the internet, but yeah, it is really tough. And I think I saw something on your website as well about, you know, like we don't want to place all the responsibility on the individual, right? Like we have to look at the systems and the oppression that is perpetrated by corporations and other entities and the government or often the government could be doing more to regulate some of those things and so it does it is hard because also I think the more privilege you have the closer you can probably get to that ideal but if you have a larger body you may not have the option you just straight up may not have the option to buy something that's not fast fashion Or, of course, if you're on a really tight budget and money is not a resource that you have a lot of. And so it is hard to balance all of those things. And yeah, I think it's easier to do for some people and harder for others.
0: Yeah. And I really appreciate how you bring privilege and systems and oppression into that. Like you said somewhere, like, I I would love to say everyone should wear whatever they feel best in, but Mm -hmm. some people will be discriminated against if they do that right yeah yeah
1: Um. Yeah, that was a realization I mean I think someone pointed that out to me and of course we're all always learning but yeah I really have this philosophy that we can all wear what expresses our true nature and what we feel comfortable invest in but you know yeah if you are trans or if you're in a larger body or you're applying for a job in certain places unfortunately you still will be judged and so again that's one place where I feel like those of us with thin privilege with pretty privilege as much as we can keep pushing those boundaries it will then i hope trickle into other areas and we can change and shift some of those perceptions
0: yeah yeah i agree that it may start with like a bunch of privileged white people being like i want to have purple hair and show my tattoos and then that in some workplaces can translate to we're not gonna have like weird verbiage in our dress code that basically indicates that you can't wear your
1: hair dreaded or your
0: natural afro or whatever
1: yeah exactly Yeah, yeah yeah i do think that is that is part of part of what we're all kind of working on together
0: so for anyone listening who is not familiar with what a capsule wardrobe is tell us about that
1: sure i mean um you know The interesting thing is that in the last, I don't know, five to seven years, a capsule wardrobe became a trend in itself, basically. And the image that was always depicted on Pinterest or on blogs was this very neutral, very minimalist in style kind of clothing. And the thing is that really when you get to the heart of it, a capsule wardrobe is just a small collection of items that you mix and match in different ways. And that can be Any style, any colors, anything that you want it to be. But what I love about it is when you do kind of pare down, even if it's temporary, if you pare down for some period of time to a smaller number of things, you just learn so much about what you do actually want to wear and what you don't want to wear. Because if you've only got five shirts and you realize there's one that you really are not ever, ever taking off the hanger, then, you know, it just really kind of illuminates a lot of things about what you truly want to be wearing. And it allows you to let go of some of the stuff, that, again, that you feel like you maybe should have in your closet. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I'll just share briefly that I've learned about myself, I mean, I feel like COVID has been a huge time of people reimagining all kinds of things, including what they wear. And of course, there's privilege that comes with being like, oh, I can actually wear athleisure all of the time and do my job and not be discriminated against for that. But truly, and it's all it has been challenging to accept about myself, but I'm like, if I can't just bust out into some yoga in the middle of the day and what I'm wearing, I don't really want to wear it anymore. And there's almost like this letting go of judgment around like, oh, how cliche you're just wearing athleisure yoga pants all the time. because it's comfortable. But truly, it's like that's I like that flexibility. And so just accepting that. So wherever people are at, it's again, everyone's context is different, but it's a process of kind mm-hmm. of noticing the aspiration of I feel like I should want to wear clothes like this versus do you really desire that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hear that all the time from people. They're dissatisfied with their style and maybe. And then when I ask what about it, it is not pleasing to you and they're like, well, I just wear leggings every day. And again, it's like yeah, that's somehow seen as lazy, but leggings are amazing. They're stretchy. You can do some stretches in the middle of your day. You can sit at your desk and they're just, they're great garments. And so where did we get this idea that leggings are somehow not getting dressed? Mm -hmm. That goes for everything. We just kind of have to question, like, where did that idea come from? Who sold us that idea? And do we get to choose as you did Mm -hmm. saying like, well, That might be the perception and maybe some people like putting on hard pants every day, but I don't and I want to be able to do yoga. And so this is what works for me in my life. So that's really, those are all the pieces of the stuff that I work with people on is like, really, what do you truly want to wear without the expectations of others and what works for your life?
0: Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And just things like letting go of high heels, you know, some people love that and that's wonderful, great. But if you don't and you're still trying to force yourself to like that or do that, it's just the freedom that comes when you just go, you know, what? I don't do that anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I love that, too.
0: Yeah. So when I think of a stylist and my thinking has changed around this some in recent years, but what I used to think was like, oh, that's for like rich people. Right. Mm -hmm. That's for Mm -hmm. rich people who. Want to look really nice and wear designer clothes and all that. And so I know that's not quite true, but I wonder what you would say to anyone listening who thinks that working with someone like you as a stylist, whether it's one on one or in your program, is that just something that rich people who want to wear designer labels need to do?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure you struggle with this too. And it really is something that is hard to balance making a living and being accessible and all of those things. And so I, I definitely make sure that I have lots and lots of free options, lots of downloads and lots of workbooks that people can work through. But the other thing I always want to tell people is how much money have you spent on clothes over the last couple of years that you don't wear? Do you still have things hanging in your closet with tags on? And it's not that it's always going to work out that way, but often people will tell me you're saving me so much money because I'm changing my buying habits going forward. I'm only going to buy intentionally. I'm going to, I'm not, I mean, this is the ideal. Of course, we all make mistakes and nobody's perfect. But, you know, I'm going to stop buying the things that I think my mom thinks I should wear or that I feel compelled to wear because my husband likes them or whatever their expectation is. Yeah, And really leaning into what is most you can be a shift in lots of habits that do in turn add up to saving money. And I also think in that passage that you read from my website in the first sentences, it's not about the clothes. And I do think I feel like I'm tooting my own horn and too bad that we're conditioned Please. to think that that's not OK. <laughs> right. But, you know, I've had many people who work with me and then apply it in other parts of their lives and leave their jobs or start something new in some area or decide to have children or decide not to have children. Or it really, to me, Clothing and style is an entry point into listening to yourself, like listening to your voice and your inner self and your body and what it's telling you. And that skill can be practiced through what I do, but then you can apply it to other things.
0: Right. It's that radical authenticity and permission to do what you what feels right and best and most aligned for you. And and exactly like it's not about the clothes and it is about the clothes it's not about yep. the food and it is it's not about exactly. the money and it is like we yep. we can start with these things with our relationship with these things that might seem just like superficial oh it's just clothes but it is a mirror into how we do life
1: I totally agree yeah cool
0: well before we talk about how people can work with you is there anything else that you are wanting to dig into
1: Well, this is something I always want to ask people who I'm talking with in whatever scenario, like what your style story is. Like you mentioned coming to an acceptance of stretchy clothes so that you can move your body. And I'm just curious a little bit of how you got to that point and what maybe what expectations you feel you had to let go of to be able to do that.
0: Sure. And I'll take it back briefly all the way to like high school, because similarly to what you said. We are of this generation. To me, like I just get baffled by it. Maybe our parents' generation jeans were jeans, right? And then by the time I came into like high school, for instance, and there's Abercrombie and Fitch, and it started to become normalized. Especially when I was in college, that well, everyone has these designer jeans. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're supposed to have seven jeans or whatever, right? And it's it was just like, whoa, okay, so I guess I need to. And I went into all kinds of debt buying largely that kind of stuff, just impulse buying on things that I thought I needed to have. And so that was a whole process of like, okay, do I care about brands? And then especially once it was like, oh, I can actually afford nicer clothes now. How do I want to spend that money? And then I'll go through phases where I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling like a 90s Buffy aesthetic. (laughs) And then like this whole COVID thing of, okay, I do like the freedom of being able to Like I, you know, do teach yoga also. So if I happen to be teaching, I don't want to have to bring a change of clothes. I just, I don't need to do that. But it it is funny how it's like, for me, I still feel like it's style. It's it's stylish because I have my cute athleisure clothes. And then I have my stuff that maybe I'm only wearing if I'm working out at home by myself. But even then I like to wear my nice stuff usually because it makes me feel good while I'm doing it, right? And again, that doesn't mean that you have to have Lululemon or Athleta leggings to enjoy moving your body or to be allowed to like wear your target leggings into the world. I do too. But it is about how do I feel in this? I've just continued taking more and more things out of my closet that just don't fit into that anymore. And those aspirational things of at one point, I thought I would be the kind of person who would like to wear this. Guess what? I'm not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There were so many things that you mentioned that are so interesting i mean one is i just want to call out that you said like sometimes i feel like this and sometimes i feel like that and i just want to make sure that everyone knows and has the permission that your style can shift and change and you don't have to be locked into one thing all the time because you know big aspect of what i do in the beginning of working with clients is defining their style and a lot of people feel like i don't have a style or i don't know what my style is and sometimes it's not just one thing and you don't have to be locked into a box forever Um, i feel like
0: that's even more poignant now in the world of instagram because there's this idea regardless whether you're a content creator or not there's the notion of the personal brand and so it's like oh is this on brand for me does this fit my aesthetic so i think that can like whether people conscious of it or not i know i've felt that of like well this isn't really my brand or my style but i really like it so it's okay i can wear that too
1: Yeah. Knowing that that is going to grow and change is that it allows us permission for that to happen in other parts of our lives as well. Right. Our style is going to evolve as our lifestyle changes, as we move into different phases of life, as we move in and out of different work environments. And again, that I think is helpful when we want to Get to a place of acceptance that our body's going to continue changing, or just a lot of things. I think in the past, there were some other trends like the, the French woman trend and the capsule trend to a certain extent, We're like you're going to buy these items and they're going to last you forever and they're going to be timeless. And I totally bought into that. I was like, I'm going to lock this capsule down and then I'll never buy any more clothes. Well, you know, my body changes, my tastes change, my preference change. So it is a good practice again and keeping yourself open to growth and change.
0: Yes, I love that. Especially the flexibility with the sort of minimalist ideal, right?
1: Mm -hmm. That's an interesting aspect of it too, is I do think the minimalism aspect allows you to grow and change because you haven't invested quite so heavily in a ton of items. And so I often say to people like, You don't have to have a lot. Have what you love now and wear them into the ground. And then when your style changes or when you do need to replace those clothes, again, that's an opening up of possibility. So
0: I love that. So tell us about how you work with people and how they can find you.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I work with clients one on one, usually over the course of two or three months. So we really get we dig into a lot of the things that you and I have just spoken about. And then I also have a group program and it's called Making Space and it's about, uh, you know, literally making space in your closet, but also, again, making space for other ideas to come in and opening for other perspectives. And so I usually run that program a few times a year. And then, yeah, I'm on Instagram and I'm trying to be on TikTok, but it's hard.
0: (laughs) So I just literally made my first TikToks this week. I
1: Mm -hmm. resisted
0: for so long. Same. It's like, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. But then I don't know. It's like there's something kind of can't quite find the right word, but like there's like kind of whimsical and magical about that community and the trends that kind of happen and just like watching Mm -hmm. everybody recreate that in their own way. So it's it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm having fun with it, but trying not to, again, put pressure on myself to keep churning out the stuff. But yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Mindful Closet and my website is mindfulcloset.com. So I have lots of free resources on that site. So yes. come come and, and I, find me.
0: And I, and I just love the name of the of your course too, the making space. I'm obsessed with space as a concept. Yeah. There's an yeah, episode right? that if, if anyone listening has not heard the episode I did with Susan Shore Femi on open focus awareness, it's all about how we spend so much of our life in our culture, we prioritize this narrow objective focus. And that's basically an emergency mode of paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so being able to shift more flexibly into other styles like an open, diffuse awareness and to do that, really, the key is attending to space. Mm -hmm. So the more space we can have in our lives, in our schedules, in our closets, it's just all feels like
1: an exhale. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, that's all really resonant for me too. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been wonderful. I'm already like definitely planning to reach out to you next time (laughs) I'm coming to the St. Louis area.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That'll be great.
0: Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Well, Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation. I appreciate it.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you feel moved to share it with someone you think would love it, that would mean so much to me. For show notes as well as a transcription of this and previous episodes, head over to www.gaiacenter.co. That's G A I A Center.co. You can follow us on Instagram at The Gaia Center and follow me at Val K Martin, V A L K A Y Martin. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. Look for the link on our website where we'll share about groups and events we're offering locally in Nashville, as well as tips and resources from our therapists that we hope will be valuable and relevant wherever you may be listening from. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.